press start to begin. We are two best friends who happen to be psychic mediums. We do readings, we teach, we mentor, and we love to laugh. Yeah, and you know what? We love to cry too, because we're heartstring pulling mother truckers. Oh, ooh, warning. This is rated E for explicit. So if you don't like the word fuck, you should probably turn your ass around. Turn it around. Don't look back, run. But if you're sticking around, it's time for another episode of I'm a Medium. Ask me how. Hello, Dana Willie. Hello, Matthew Tao. How are you today? I'm good. <laughs> Good. Welcome back to another episode of I'm a Medium. Ask me how. Oh, well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're my special guest. I am. You're mm-hmm. my special guest. Wait, we're co-hosts. We're oh, co-hosts oh, in action oh. on this ride together in mediumship, and we're here to take you all with us. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dana Willie, I think we need to delve into some topics today because I think we have a lot of students that listen to our podcast of mediumship. We have a lot of listeners who have been dabbling in some mediumship, and we have some people that have been secretly doing it in the closet and maybe mm-hmm. are ready to kind of understand our perspective on coming out as a medium. Yeah, it's it's tricky, right? And I think everybody's story is unique and everybody's circumstances are unique. But, mm-hmm. And I have to say, before we dive deep into this, Please know that Matt and I always take like your questions and really build our podcast from your questions. And this is one that has been coming up a lot, um, whether it's from our lives or from your questions on our, our YouTube posts, um, but or from our development circles. A lot of people have been asking, like, how did you come out of the woo closet or the medium closet? Um, or the spiritual closet, how did you tell people around you that this is something that was about you? And I think more often than not, there are the lucky few out there that this was something, you know, in their life where maybe their mom or their grandmother or generations before them were doing these practices or doing these sorts of things. And so it was just Mm -hmm. something that they were kind of raised with. But I know for you and I know for me, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of felt like the weird kids. um, And I don't want to tell your story for you, but I know for me personally, like it was something that I felt really weird about and that I kind of pushed under the rug and hid away for a long time. And then I just, I ignored it for a long time. And then it was finally something I couldn't ignore anymore. And I dove into it. I developed it. And then it, it was something like, okay, this is so big that I I can't hide it away from the general public anymore. And navigating, like, how do you tell all of the people in your life, like, hi, it's me. I'm the medium. It's me. Oh, that's good. It's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. And it's, you know what? I think... Understanding, A, to the listener, before we delve into this, you be authentically you. You do things at your pace. You do things that you need to do and don't let anybody else force you out. But not every story is going to be like the sixth sense where she's like, did you take grandma's bumblebee pendant? You know what I mean? And like have these little intricate moments where it all clicks and makes sense. Um, So your story is unique to you. You don't need to uh, listen to our story and and think that it has to be this way to be recognized as a medium. So before we get started, just be authentically you. 
I just want to start mm-hmm. there. Um, my personal story is I, I had things happen throughout my life. I just couldn't explain. And I don't think I grew up in a house where I wanted to more or was allowed to be heard. And if I was heard, I would, it would be gaslit. Right. Um, my parents weren't the, the most conducive to hearing children and understanding that they had a place at the table. So I think I kept a lot of stuff by myself, but I can remember being a little kid and being scared to sleep in my room. Um, always being afraid of weird places. Like I would be very uncomfortable. Uh, things would move, uh, toilets would flush, uh, stuff like that all by themselves. Uh, and I could never make sense of it. I had an invisible friend. I can remember that visible, like very visible. What's ironic about my, my invisible friend though. I named him Casper. I remember this the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I named him Casper. I named him Casper because I saw Casper the friendly ghost and nobody wanted to be his friend. Mm. And a little empathetic little soul. And I, I also remember being really sensitive as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I was super emotional, super sensitive. Uh, but things just would happen and I couldn't explain it. And so uh, I think kind of growing up, you're labeled as the weird kid. Right. I mean, imagine like going through middle school and high school saying that you're a medium for Mm -hmm. those kids that do it now great awesome Mm -hmm. very proud of you but nobody's as brave as you are (laughs) just Mm -hmm. i just need to say that um and so i tucked it away i tucked it away and then i moved into this house and the paranormal activity just escalated and escalated very quickly things flying uh, uh across the room uh not flying but like noticeably moving across the room um, things being pulled into other rooms, uh, things walking from hallways into um, bedrooms when I'm standing there and me witnessing it and seeing it and even telling Sassy J, Sassy J wasn't always a, a part of this journey. He was always like, oh, you got to be making this shit up. Like, I don't see any of this. I don't see any of this. What are you talking about? Uh, and then I finally just went into a class a development circle that I was interested in going in. It just popped up on my Facebook. And I remember being in the shower and them saying, this will change your life. This is going to change your life. Looking back, it fucking did. Um, Mm -hmm. So go team spirit. Uh, But then I would hit it from everybody while I was going to circle. Mm -hmm. Like I would tell them, I've got something to do on Thursday nights. I wouldn't tell anybody. And I did tell a sibling. um, And, uh, yeah, I, 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 it was an intuitive circle, and this is something that I was working on. And I don't know how they feel about it, uh, but they've used it against me in a fight of being like, you forced me into this. I'm like, you asked to go, right? So like, you don't know people's comfort level, especially when they tell you they're okay with something, because then you don't know if somebody's going along with the ride. But I just finally got the the balls to say it, I'm going to say balls, I don't care, uh, in development circle to call myself a medium. And I remember owning it and my teacher being like, own that. Like, you need to own that. You are a medium. You need to be a medium. And I've always been the type of person to just be unapologetically me. Like, I came out as gay, people dropped off. Right. So I think that was nice. I mean, in a little bit of a way as being gay of having to come out once on something and then losing people that weren't part of your 
support group. Um, and I think spirit kind of prepared me for that. I hate to say that, that I look at that as like a blessing, but it kind of softened me or hardened me. I'm sorry to just take the criticism of being a medium. Um, and so my story is not as bad as other people's. So I can't, um, say that I had it really rough, but you learn, you learn who's in your corner real quick, mm-hmm. real quick. What about for you? Um, well, you know, just again, I, and I, I want to, I kind of touched on my story a little bit of just, you know, having these things happen as a kid and not, and feeling weird. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I think you kind of touched on being, having these things happen in middle school and high school. And, you know, the one thing that we all want to be is fit in. We don't Mm -hmm. want to be the weird kid. Right. So there was even more of a push to not be the weird kid and want to fit in. And, um, so I just, I want to reiterate that, like there was just that further, like, let's fit in the box. Let's be more normal. Let's be like everybody else. Let's fit in the box. And like I said, for me, it was something that I just, it was always around. It was always present. Um, and then it was about the age of 38 where everything, it was like spirit was like, okay, that's cute that you've been pushing this aside for so long, but it's time for you to actually step forward. We're going to start working on you. You're going to not be able to ignore this anymore. And I started quietly stepping forward in my development. And there was really only one person um, who was my best friend um, that knew anything that I was doing. Um, she knew my curiosity. She knew that um, I felt this pool. She she knew what was going on. And she was pretty much the only human being on the planet that knew. And um, I had just um, been, I, you get this like pool to do this deep dive. And it's all you can think about. It's all you can do. And I was reading books. I was watching every YouTube channel and and whatever. And I was getting enough validations in just regular day-to-day life that I was like, okay, now it's time to tell the hubby. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I'll never forget the car ride. And I was like, I'm going to tell him today. I'm going to tell him today. And we were driving in the car. And this is the man that I have been with. Like, I've known him since I was 19 years old. Um, and we've been married for 21 years. And I remember being in the car with him and I was like, I have something to tell you. And um, I said, I'm psychic. And I had used psychic. I didn't tell him I was a medium. And he looked at me and he was like, well, I don't really know what that means or what what this path is, but you've been talking to your dead dad since the day I met you. So I've kind of known something was up. And from that point on, I started going to development circles he knew where I was going every Wednesday night. He knew what was going on. Um, he was supportive, but didn't understand, right? Okay. And um, didn't quite know what to do with this, um, but was always very supportive. And so I essentially had two people in my corner. Um, but to be fair, they're the only two people on the, on the planet that I let in and, and shared any of this stuff with. Um, and then I went to development circles and it was like the further validation of like, oh yeah, I def, this is definitely something. And as I continued to develop, it was something like, I can't, I can't turn my back on this. And I had made the decision, um, to 
press forward. And I remember telling my mom, um, and my mom was very accepting. Um, and I remember then the next person I, I think I told was my mother-in-law. And I remember driving to a development circle and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, doing something real weird. <laughs> and, and she's like, what are you doing? And I told her and you know, she was very accepting uh, or very, very sweet about it. So it was just kind of this slow, like, I, I slowly started telling people. I slowly started, mm-hmm. as I started to feel safe sharing this little part of me, I started to share it with people as I felt safe to do so. But then it got to the point where, okay, I'm going to do this professionally. Mm-hmm. And I had created a website. I had created business cards. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I started booking readings. And then I had um, decided to um, interview for a job at a metaphysical shop here in Denver. And I I don't, I still don't know how I got, I mean, spirit knows, spirit placed me there and, and I, I got the job and that was the big push of like, now it's time to actually come out of the clo- the woo closet and tell everybody what you're doing because this metaphysical shop is very big in Colorado. They post things all over Facebook. There was no me hiding in the corner anymore. They were going to be blasting my name every Saturday that I was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to put it out there. And I ripped the Band-Aid off. And I put a Facebook post up of, hello, everybody. This is who I am. This is what I do. Um, That's how I told many of my family members. That's how I told many of my friends that they, that's how they found out. Um, So I had been doing much of this in the shadows for a long time. And the big thing about that for me was a few things. I I said, this is my journey. I'm probably not going to post much about it here. Um, if you're interested, this is where you can find me. Because I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's my obligation to change anybody's mind on it. Um, but if you're interested, here's where you can find me. Um, I was surprised at the people who supported me. I thought there were going to be people that were going to run away from my life that actually ended up supporting me. Um I'm surprised at the people who didn't show up to support me as much as I thought they were going to support me. Um, so it's been an interesting road, but overall I was, I was, um, pleasantly surprised, but it was, I, I literally ripped off the bandaid and was like, it's all or nothing. We're diving into the deep end and, and here I am. But that all being said, and I don't want to hog the mic too much, but it's a constant coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you had mentioned, you know, coming out as gay. That was like, you came out once. Mm-hmm. I feel like it with this, I feel like I'm constantly coming out. I feel like every time I meet somebody, I have to like come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I have to, and it's, and it's, I have to make a decision of, am I going to tell them? Mm-hmm. Am I going to talk about this? People get angry about it. They get really mad because it goes against, you know, social norms, social beliefs, religious views. And so it can be very jarring for people. And so 
it's kind of meeting everybody every single time you meet a new person is finding out where they're at i always like i always protect other people before i protect my own comfort right because that's how i'm going to stay safe Mm -hmm. that's how i'm going to stay safe i think with the gay thing is you know you kind of can pick up on some social cues either body language or gaydar as they call it right or a hunch or it or now it's 2023, people are really typically open where you can not have to mention that you've got a partner that's a boy, a boy, and it's not jarring. But with mediumship, when somebody asked you what you do, you said something really intriguing right there. You said, it's what I do is weird. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we know we've got to say that word before they do. We have to label it weird before they do. So Mm -hmm. I remember going to the Apple store when I had just founded MatthewTowMedium.com. Shameless plug. Um, And I had bought a computer because I was like, okay, I've founded my business. I'm going to go buy a computer. So I went to Apple. And I think this was at the beginning of, not the beginning. uh, This was more at like the comfort level of being like, I was kind of proud. And now I'm just kind of very close to the chest with it. But she's like, well, what are you doing this computer for? Like, what are you looking to purchase it for? And she's just doing her job. And I was like, oh, it's weird. Don't worry about it. And they always go to OnlyFans. They always think that we're sex (laughs) workers. They always think that we're sex workers. I don't know what it is. You guys that have OnlyFans. Good good on you. We're we're all for you. But I'm proud proud of you, but I'm not part of that community. Uh, But they always think that we're part of that. Uh, But I was like, it's weird. You don't want to know. And she goes, I like weird. And so she probably thought it was like OnlyFans. So I was like, no, I'm a medium. And she she backed away. She backed away. And you can clearly tell she said something to somebody else because when they walk by you at Apple, like they're greeting you, they just gave me a weird look. So you can tell that she said something to somebody. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, because then we become this dance monkey dance or this charlatan, or this fraud taking people's money. And I know TikTok right now has a couple of mediums that are well-known, or medium, let me quote that, mediums, um, that are purposely taking people's money and not providing a service. So we that that is like kind of a, a part of the responsibility. I'm not going to go too deep in this, but it's kind of like part of the responsibility in calling yourself a medium is that people will think that of you. And so it creates a lot of insecurities around the general public. Now, I can't imagine the family aspect of um, coming out to your family as a medium, because uh, I just don't give no fucks. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, I'm a medium. Okay, bye. Um, but it's got to be hard for people. It's got to be really mm-hmm. hard to tell the people that you uh, have very close to you this secret mm-hmm. that you, you're kind of carrying around with you that is a big, authentic part of you. Well, you know, even just going back again to being that middle school or high school kid wanting to fit in, we want our family members, we want our loved ones, we want our friends to accept and love us, right? Mm -hmm. And when we don't have the acceptance and love of the people that are closest to us, it's hard. And even in the greater scope of things, when we don't have the acceptance of society around us, that's hard. And it's hard being the weird kid. And I think it's hard being backed away from it's, I also know in picking and choosing who I've 
who I've told, and I'm, I'm very open with this. Like mm-hmm. I pretty much, if you were in my life, um, on a long-term basis, I tell you, I, it's at this point in my career, i you know, obviously I do this professionally. You Google my name. This is what comes up, right? Um, I'm not hiding this from anybody, but I do pick and choose who I tell when I go out in public. It, mm-hmm. You know, I went to the doctor, to a doctor's office not too long ago, and I, I knew I was never going to see this person ever again in the history of ever. And they asked me what I did. And I was like, I, I work from home. And they're like, what do you do working from home? I was like, I work on my computer. I like, I'm not going to, I, I have no desire to put the energy or, or anything like that into having the conversation. It's not that I'm ashamed of it. I just don't feel like being in a small contained box <laughs> with somebody and like having them look at me weird or anything like that, because it does change the way that people will look at you sometimes. And, and that's just the facts. People think mm-hmm. there's a couple of things that happen. You know, you do get the people that just accept it and that's beautiful. You get the people that are very overly excited about it and they're like, they want something for free from you or would you read me? Or like they're, mm-hmm. they get like, overly excited about it. Those first two options are fantastic. I mean, let me just say like, thank God for those first two options. But the the next option is like, they back away from you, like the person at Apple or they mock you. Or, or the um, placators mm-hmm. that they'll smile oh. to your face. Mm-hmm. They'll smile to your face. And then behind your back, they're like, this person's nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can spot those a mile away too. Like yeah, we're, we're really good about looking at those. We're human lie detectors, psychics. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty good at it. But then you get the the prove it people. Mm-hmm. Oh, prove it! What am I thinking? Oh, you ha- my oh, the the most annoying one is like oh yeah, what are the lotto numbers? Oh. Like says, so shut up, leave me yeah. alone. Um, you know what I'm always know. like two hmm. fourteen. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's hard, you know, and I, um, I just, and then, and then you have the people that try to be cool about it, but then they, they're constantly looking at you and then they feel uncomfortable around you. Like, like you're trying to read them or like, you know, something about them that you shouldn't know. And, you know, obviously I I don't read anybody that I'm not supposed to be reading. I'm, I'm, I'm very, Mm -hmm. very ethical and consent. Like I'm not, I'm, when I'm out in public or when I'm in a friend group or if I'm a, I'm not trying to read people out no. in public. That's just not happening. But they don't know that. And there's a lot of things out in media that makes it feel like that's what we do. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to know what what's in your no. I don't want to know what's in your black book. I don't I don't care. But people think as soon as you say that 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 you are and the second that you're like looking at them they get really uncomfortable or you or, or like when you have a conversation with somebody you have to look them directly in the eyes mm-hmm. you can't look around them or they'll think that you you're talking to somebody that's over their shoulder mhm mhm or one of my favorites too is the diagnosers i call them the diagnosers that think that you're mentally ill and will try mm. to diagnose you yeah, that one's yeah. that one's a favorite too. That, I like that one. I was at work. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak freely on this. I'm not holding back. I got nothing to lose. Um, I made the mistake of telling somebody at work 
And they went to my boss and told my boss that I was schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. So you don't know where people fall. And I think if you are going to trust people with this secret, I think and it's just my experience is just be careful with who you tell, mm-hmm. you know, start trustworthy or swing the pendulum the other way and just give no fucks. Right. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you're authentically being you. So you need to decide what's good for you because Mm -hmm. you can't control what other people think about you. And that's the hard part. And nor should you. You should not care what other people think about you, but you should be safe and -hmm. you should be okay with yourself of other people's reaction. And that's tough. And when we were just I'm going to circle back for a second because you said something that really struck a chord with me of being like, well, we don't have to tell anybody. Right. Well, there are situations that we have to tell people and, and, and that's like, okay, well now I'm a full-time medium. That's on my W2. If I go for a car loan, I have to put my business name down and they're Mm going to ask me what my occupation is. I have to tell them. Mm-hmm. I can't be like spiritual advisor because it's not going to be vague enough. I have to be like, I am a psychic working psychic medium, right? It's very clear. It's a, it's a, you can put spiritual advisor. Eh, no, nah, you can't. I you can't. Really can. I can't. I think I might. Um, but I just, you know, then it makes it awkward when you're at TD bank getting that auto loan, right. Or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or you're going to do something that could potentially, you know, be insurance or or, or what or whatnot. But it will happen. It's not something that is going to never happen to you. Like it will happen, especially if you're a working medium. So you've got to learn to create a thick skin, real quick, real mm-hmm. real quick. Um, let's talk about skepticism and cynics for a okay. little bit, so, and then we'll move to some lighter topics. Yeah. So. It's okay to be skeptical. I think being skeptical is a healthy thing. It keeps us safe, but it also keeps us not falling for everything because this work comes with um it comes with a, a layer of I'm trying to to word this correctly. It comes with a layer of bullshit that uh it's so easy to do for other people to bullshit people that the authentic ones will sometimes get drowned or pulled into that. Um, and so it's not our job to prove what we do to anybody. And I mm-hmm. think being skeptical is healthy, but having an open mind to it is even better. But the cynics, Dana. Oof. Yeah, it gets... I, and I th- thank you for for bringing this up, Matt, because I think this is really important, especially as we 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 share our truth and who we are with people and what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, because there is that dance monkey dance, prove it, prove it, prove it, and it's never our job to prophetize or to Mm-mm. to carry anybody over and convince them that this is real. You know, um, I think you can just tell speak of your truth um, and and let that just be stand on its own. And if people want to discover or learn more or whatever, but it's never our job to like, try to try to convince anybody. And unfortunately, the unfortunate part, and I think why this is such a struggle for so many of us is because there are charlatans out there. There are people that take advantage of people that, that call themselves mediums or psychics or that do what, what we do. Um, but I think always encouraging people to like, listen, you know, um, I totally, I totally accept that you don't, that this is out of your wheelhouse of, of something that you would normally be comfortable with, but 
have an open heart. Mm -hmm. Here's some, here's some different things to check out. If they're, if they're curious, if they're curious, um, having some things for them to look at. Um, but cynicism and, and knowing who you're talking to, you know, knowing your audience, you had, you had said something Matt earlier in this conversation about like, you're going to make sure that they're comfortable before your own comfort level. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to do that. If you're going to be talking to somebody that is very cynical, you are going to, you, you just, you temper what you tell them and, and, and you just understand like, this is who this person is. Don't try to change people. They are who they are. Also, choose your battles. Mm-hmm. Choose your battles. Like if, and I'm just using this as an example. I'm not saying all religious people are like this, but if I am in the deep south backwoods state and I live there, I'm going to be very extra cautious about who it is because that is the Bible Belt. It's not the most accepting, loving area that there is if you don't meet their views, right? Mm-hmm. So, and 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 I'm not saying anything bad about that area by all means it's a very beautiful area but i'm going to be a little bit more cautious if Mm -hmm. i'm in like san francisco right next to a metaphysical shop i have the ability to be myself because i'm right next to a metaphysical shop or sedona arizona there we go Mm -hmm. uh where they're every five feet right um so it's just like knowing your comfort zone but also knowing about the the temperature of social acceptance around you and taking a pulse check of being like okay this isn't probably the time. Yeah. Um, know your audience. Know your audience. If you will. Uh, social media, like your own personal Facebook pages. Leave things there to inform, but don't force. Inform, mm-hmm. but don't, don't force. Like I personally, and I know you don't, you usually keep it separate. I post uh, my readings sometimes on my Facebook page because it's more of like you have the choice to click that. It's not an automatic play. You have to click play. You have to know that I didn't even put this is a reading. You have to click that. So that's consent. You're you're consenting to watch that. So I leave it as an opportunity to try to educate people on what I do. This way they can come to me about questions. Now, whether if they have a judgment or an opinion, that's on them. But if I'm leaving the bridge open... I'm never burning it down so they can't cross it to ask questions. And I think that's where people go wrong with coming out mm-hmm. is that we get so hypersensitive to other people's reactions that we become defensive and we burn bridges for them to come with us rather than forcing them to come with us. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a hard lesson that everyone's got to learn on their own time uh, because you can't force people into this stuff. You really, yeah. really can't. Um, divine timing might happen where they come to you about a question uh, about it and you just got to be there. Um, and that's a, a motto that you can take into multiple facets of mediumship. Uh, especially with people that are doing not so good things with mediumship, right? Like you never want to scare somebody away from education and you never want to burn a bridge because if you leave your door open or you leave that bridge there at all times, they have the ability to cross it eventually. So Mm -hmm. you've got to let people have that ability to come in in their own time. They will. Because trust me, when people die, you're the first person they look at. Mm-hmm. Even if they didn't believe in mediumship, they're coming to you and they will secretly acknowledge that you're a medium. And I, and it's, it will happen to you. 
Like they're mm-hmm. going to die. They don't believe that you do what you do. That someone in their life is going to die and they're going to come running to you mm-hmm. and you're going to leave the door open. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's a really beautiful point that you just met, made, Matt. Um, you know, we we really want that instant gratification of like sharing this this information or this news with somebody. And we want them to be like, "We, I love you and I accept you fully for who you are right now in this moment. It may take them a little bit of time to get there. And that's okay. It's a... Um, just giving them some space and time to get there. And that's hard, right? Because mm-hmm. we are, I always say, you know, mediumship is the most vulnerable part of me. And oh, and yeah. being a medium, um, when we lay it all on the table and say some of the weirdest shit that spirit makes us say and, and shows us, really forces us to be very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's so sacred to us that we, um, we're very protective of it, right? And we want everybody to come along and we want everyone to see what we're doing and we want everyone to love it as much as we we love it. But we have to be realistic and understand that people are going to come along on the journey when they're ready to come along on the journey. Or they won't. Or they won't, exactly. But But having a high expectation that everybody's going to meet you right where you need them to meet you isn't realistic. So just being okay that if they're like, I hear that you just told me that this is what you're doing and I'm just going to be okay with it for right now. And they have to experience mediumship from themselves and, and they've got to get the undeniable evidence for themselves. You watching somebody else's reading may inform them or may leave them open for questions, but having skeptic, uh, skeptic views or like even a cynical views you got to hold space for them as well because you're breaking a social norm. You're breaking a thousands and thousands of year old book in some cases that they truly have lived and breathed on. And you know what? When that time comes that they come to you and they have that conversation, meet them with grace. Because mm-hmm. I've seen mediums go, well, now you believe me? All right. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to give them a seven hour long lecture on what mediumship is. You can just simply say to them, I'm here if you have any questions. This is what I do. This is what I strive for. This is my ethics. Like telling even telling them how you work. Mm-hmm. I refer, I refund and I reschedule. So I'm never uh, taking somebody's money to, to not provide them a service. Right. And just letting them know, okay, well, this is what I do to uphold some level of um, integrity mm-hmm. in what I do. Uh, that also seems to change other people's minds. Cause you know, if somebody calls me a scammer, if I'm giving back their money, that's a really shit ass. You're the worst scammer ever. I'm a terrible scammer. You know, the other thing that I would emphasize to everybody um, is focus on the people that do support you, right? Like we can really um, lose track of, because we want everybody on our corner. We Mm want to take everybody with us and being realistic that they're probably not all going to come and that's okay. But think about the people that champion you and do stick by you. And I just want to take this moment um, for the, to thank the people in my life that have stood by me. stood by my weird ass while I've done this stuff and, um, cheer me on constantly. Um, especially my hubby, um, spicy J I just, I have to say thank you. Like he's, he really shows up for me, my kids, my mom, 
um, my family, um, I, they really show up for me. So, you know, not everybody does show up, Mm -hmm. but there are people that do. And so celebrating the people in your life that do, because it's about quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. And it becomes second nature to those people. Mm-hmm. It really does where they're just like, this is normal. <laughs> this is normal. They'll watch a reading like Sassy J will watch a reading now and he'll be like, hmm, hmm, that's, that's a reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, what's really funny is when they become into it. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part. When your support system goes and watches another reader and they're like, I see where they dropped the ball there. They might've misinterpreted <laughs> And I'm like, wait a minute, hold up one second. Right. And and so they kind of understand the mechanics of mediumship, but they also enjoy watching other mediums uh, work. Uh, that's cool. Like, uh, I'm going to think Spicy J and my grandma um, and, and obviously you and, and the listeners um, because they support us as well. Um, of just like when they get it, they get it. And they just treat mm-hmm. you like a normal person just doing something normal. That's just so it's so normal. It's, 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 it's scary. Cause I think everyone can do this and th- it leaves them starting to their own spiritual journeys, whether it's, I mean, not everyone's going to be a medium, but even just kind of being okay with dying and the dying process and just how much comfort you can also bring your supporters of just mm-hmm. by materializing um, medium or spiritual topics, like, television shows and books and stuff like that because trust me these people are also going to want to read things to try to understand you Mm -hmm. did any of your family consume some media to try to understand you a little bit not to my knowledge um i mean my mom loves tyler henry so she just she like eats this stuff up like she just she loves all of this i think she was kind of on board with all of this and just thinks it's cool you know? Um, but you know, I just, I, again, I think it comes down to quality, not quantity. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'd rather have a few people in my, in my, uh, in my corner than, um, a few quality people in my corner than a a whole slew of, eh, we're kind of here for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't need a whole crowd. I'll take just, if I just have one person in my corner, that's enough. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, I'm, and, and I, I'm appreciative of having you, um, as well. And I think that it's important, um, to touch on that is find people in your community as well that understand you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, we, the two of us, we make each other laugh. We have a lot of other things in common outside of mediumship, but I think, you know, the cornerstone of our friendship is our mediumship. Right. And um, we understand each other on that soul level because we are both mediums and we are that safe place for each other to go to with our mediumship when we're struggling with something, when when we're having a, you know, Mm -hmm. what what's going on? Has this ever happened to you or this is really weird or I had this download or whatever? You're that person um, in my phone that I can reach out to and and that understands it. Right. So I feel like, you know, I hope everybody in their life can get a Matthew Tao in their life that they can reach out to, right? But like find, if you can't get, you know, a bestie that understands this, find a community. Um, You can do that in development circles. You can do that going to a metaphysical shop. Sometimes just going to like a place um, of similar ilk 
um, you know, going into a TikTok live where, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's somebody who is talking about the things that you're interested in. Even listening to this podcast, you guys are all of our friends. You've got a Matthew Tao and a Dana Willie in your pocket right now, yeah. right? Um, we're all in this together and knowing that you're not alone or you're not crazy. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean, the thing that I can tell you is I, my grandmother is a diehard Catholic lady. She goes and sits in adoration with Jesus uh, and she does it with pride. Okay. So she was the person that I was most scared to come out to because I was like, oh, this, this could either go two ways. She's either still going to love me or she's going to be a little like weirded out. Right. And, and nobody wants to weird out their 85 year old grandmother. That lady is shown so much support by just sitting down and having a conversation, but not like talking at her, it was talking with her, but her bringing her own experiences through her lens of uh, religion to meet in the middle, Mm. to meet in the middle. And you know what, if you just get somebody that meets you in the middle, that is just as like if they gone the full way, Mm -hmm. but they can only take you so far. I'm going to call them the average shows. Everyone can do mediumship, but the people that don't know about it, we're going to call them the average shows. They'll only get to a point so much that they can understand of how they can support you because there's going to be things in your mediumship that are going to come up that you're going to have questions on and nobody can answer them unlike another medium, unlike somebody else that has gone through it, whether it be a mentor, a peer, somebody on TikTok uh, that you vetted quite frequently, me or Dana, um, it's it's going to end up making you feel not alone. And my grandmother, the reason why I brought up my grandmother, she said it best. You're going to find these people and you're going to click on such a soul level that it just will, it, it, this becomes your life. It becomes who you are. It, it's who you are. It's not a lifestyle. It is who you are. And these people will get you on such a soul level that other people will see that as you're leaving them. Or that you're elevated or you're not part of their group anymore. But they don't realize that it's just a part of you that they just don't understand. So when Dana's telling you, go find people like you and find your soul tribe. Or go find your uh, group of people that get you, your, your little click. Go for it. And ask as many questions as possible. Because I think that's one thing that a lot of uh, mediums that are have not come out are always afraid to ask questions because they're Mm going to feel stupid. Well, if you're thinking it, somebody else is also thinking it and they're also afraid to ask. So ask as many questions as possible. And the last thing I want to leave you guys with, and um, I know Dana, you'll probably repeat this, is you're normal. Mm -hmm. Don't ever let anybody else define who you are. You are normal. You are complete. And you are just going through things like everybody else, but you just have a different path. Mm-hmm. And so you are not alone. You are normal. And don't let anybody tell you you're freak or mentally ill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do this at your own pace and your yep. own timing. And, you know, like there, there's no right or wrong way um, to this path of, of sharing, sharing your story with others, mm-hmm. sharing who you are with others. Um, do it as you feel comfortable with you. And maybe it's just giving a little nuggets along the road yeah. of 
this is a little something I'm doing, or have you ever watched this show? I'm watching Surviving Death on Netflix. Oh. Have you ever watched that? You know, and just starting to start conversations with people, but whatever feels safe and comfortable to you, because remember, this is about you mm-hmm. first and foremost in your comfort level and, and getting support. Because I think, you know, you kind of uh, touched on it, Matt, is this can be a lonely walk. Um, sometimes uh, stepping into our spirituality can feel very lonely, very isolating. We feel like we're going crazy sometimes. Um, and one of the biggest reasons that Matt and I created this podcast is so that you guys know that you're not crazy and you know that you're not alone. Um, so you are normal. Everything you're going through, there are no dumb questions. You, um, we're we're, we've all been there. Can I just pop in here for a second? There are no stupid questions. And that is the reason why we named our podcast, I'm a Medium, Ask Me How. Yep. So that being said, you are always welcome to ask Matt and I anything. Mm-hmm. Please do. And if you don't, we love that when you po- post, post it on um, our YouTube or whatever. But if you ever feel too shy, you can always email us as well. At hello at mattandana.com. But yeah. you know, you know how I was like, oh, I'm gonna be dead after this. I just want to say one more thing. Okay. If your family or friends don't accept you, we are now your family. Absolutely. You got a new big brother and big sister. Mm-hmm. I want to be a widow brother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we love you all. You're in our hearts. You are the light of a thousand waking up mediums. You are. Yes. You are the light. And you got this. You're not alone. Go Go do something nice for somebody. Go do something nice. Go eat some watermelon. Watermelon (laughs) is good for you. Bye, everybody. Bye.